My God. Folks, hope everyone is well. Everyone can see me okay, hear me okay. Twitch is being weird again and telling me that I may or may not be online. But there are people in the chat, so I'm assuming that I am, in fact, online. Everyone can both hear and see me. Okay. Um, it is Sunday. Happy Sunday. Everyone's had a great weekend um, thus far. A little bit left. Yeah, I know the Impact Show is starting up around half an hour. I'll not be watching it, but if you are, God bless. Um, and it's always eventful in professional wrestling. We're a week away this time next week. We'll be, what will be, like three hours, four hours into all, all in. Um, and I'm sure we'll be having a wonderful time. And I hope everyone's going to that event, if they do see me, you know, can't me and slip some money in my pocket and we'll see how we go. Um, no, but seriously, <laughs> I hope everyone's excited. And, and next week, you know, it'll be a great time. I have no doubt. And I do want to establish early that I am very excited. Um However, as folks file in here, I do. I would like to lead with a warning. This may be a more uh, a more venomous program than we're used to, especially the solo streams. The solo streams are. I really try to keep them casual. Um, you know, just talking graps, answering questions, hanging out, basically. And we will get to that. I intend to get to that point. I don't want this to be some sort of ridiculous, you know, me yelling and, and getting refired up and then just leaving. That's not my intention. It may happen, but it's not my intention. Um, so I think, you know, this may be a slightly different show than usual. But I was, you know, I, I watched um, The Collision today. All Elite Wrestling presents Collision every Saturday, 8 Eastern on TNT. And um, I was watching that show and it was... It was irking me, and it was really getting at me. And I, and I, and I'm very seldom does that happen at this point in in the game. I mean, I'm very much I've accepted what you know, kind of I perceive modern wrestling television to be, and I'm very, very happy and very, very comfortable with just removing myself, uh, or sorry, my preference from what I believe to be, you know, uh, objectively right or wrong. Especially when we do shows on on WrestlePurist, you know, I think it is important that I kind of play the role of analyst there because I think that's what Monty, you know, wants me to do on the shows, and I try my best to do it, and I I enjoy doing it. It's fun, but I must say this particular show was just getting at me. It was really it was irritating me. Frustrating me is probably a more fitting word. And I was talking to some people today about it, and. It ranges from folks you've seen on this channel and, you know, folks that are close to the situation. And it's like just a genuine frustration and kind of venting about the whole thing. And, and so I thought, you know what? I've built up a decent enough reputation. I don't regularly go on the internet and scream and yell and rant. I'm going to talk about this on Twitch tonight. I'm going to do it on the late night grin because I know you guys are my core audience and you're kind of aware of my you know, my taste and my general demeanor and how I don't really get worked up about professional wrestling because it's not worth getting worked up about. But I have to be honest, I just felt the need to vent some today. So that is my intention, and we're going to talk some stuff through. Um, if you're into that kind of show and you'd like it to be more positive, either don't watch or come back in 10 minutes. I get it. Been there. Sometimes it's exhausting to hear everything debated and yelled about. I completely understand. So... I will not begrudge anyone who's not interested in this particular show. Uh, before I get rolling here, um, any any questions regarding professional wrestling, both on this topic and beyond, 
put them in the chat and I'll try to see them and star them so that I can circle back to them. Cause I would like to do our usual show once I kind of get all this, you know, this, this aggression, it's unnecessary distaste off my chest. So, okay. So if you got a question, don't, don't be uh, afraid to put it in the chat now. I'll see it. I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm getting really worked up, in which case, wait a few minutes and put it in the chat. All right, let me uh, let me get this out there so that because I feel like once we get going, we, we're going. Then you know, okay. Um, but nonetheless, before I go any further, I would like to promise that it's not going to be that crazy. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm not gonna, like sort of slamming my fist on the desk. Though that could be funny in its own way. Worst case scenario is is like I get all this off my chest. I feel really good about it, and then like you know, like at uh, collide or die clips it and puts it on the timeline. He's like, look at this piece of shit. And in which case, fuck it, who cares at this point? <laughs> it is what it is. All right, let me tweet this and then we'll get rolling. Um, okay, so last night's collision, before I go any further, is not a terrible show and it's not a catastrophe and everything I'm about to say is probably dramatic, but man, it felt like a great encapsulation of saying that's really been building up to me as a problem with the promotion as of late in this kind of lackadaisical willy-nilly um lazy and complacent approach to television that i just think is inexcusable and the reason i think it's inexcusable is because firstly let's be clear this is supposed to be a really big time for the promotion and it is a big time for the promotion they're about to break the or they have broke the attendance record i should say um you know, in a week from today. And there's a lot to be positive about. They have free TV shows and it's not like a doom and gloom thing. They're doing well, obviously, in many which ways that you can look at on paper. But there is such a lack of urgency to the quality of the TV show. Wednesday certainly wasn't without urgency in terms of trying to achieve things. But there was little attention to detail. There was little um, effort to really ensure quality in the segments being produced. It was just throwing shit at the wall and hoping some of it would stick. It was almost dizzying to watch. And then by contrast, last night's show was a was a 60-minute program stretched to two hours with a million and one video package slots for matches that don't have enough story for video packages. I mean, the stories, is, other than like one match, two matches are so hollow that the video package time was wasted on the, on the damn show last night. And that was all they had, quite frankly, because in terms of live wrestling, they hardly had a thing. Uh, let me let me start some of these because I can't read them all right now. Um, okay, so my goodness, there's a lot of people here. God bless. Okay, um, all right, I'll I'll get back to some of those. So I actually made some notes here, and you know, this is just so I kind of have like rough points I want to make, but it's like genuinely my take watching the shows right now is it's like this sense i want to shake these people and make them realize how important a time this is and more than that how important this promotion is to the health of the industry without this promotion the industry is is back to square one i don't want it to go back to square one i'm not saying they're going to die anytime soon obviously they're fine in terms of but man i don't like the way they're trending if this is their approach to building wembley stadium what are we supposed to expect for full gear and revolution and beyond it's so disjointed. It's it's more than ever now a case of the builds are like a nuisance to them. It's like 
oh, I guess we've got kind of a reason to put this graphic out there. And I just think it's such a shame because we all know, we all know next week's show is going to be great. There is no doubt that next week's show is going to be great. I can't wait to be there. It's going to be a tremendous time. The atmosphere is going to be immense. And that's great. But I think we should have learned from Double or Nothing four months ago, three months ago, whatever it was, in the sense that while some of these locations will allow for special events due to circumstance, and in this case, credit to them, they gambled, they got the house, God bless. It doesn't change the core issue of the way they're getting to these matches. If you're going to book a match like Switchblade Jay White, Juice Robinson, Takeshita versus Kenny, Ibushi, and Hangman, I have no beef with that match. No beef whatsoever. But like, in what world do you get to that match the way they've got to it? Now, I know why that's happened. We all know why that's happened. It's because the Bucks were supposed to team with Hangman. Things changed. Things got moved around. This is where they ended up. That isn't an actual good excuse, though, is it? We're being honest. I mean, that's just sloppiness and it's messiness for the biggest show they're ever going to run in their history. And I don't mean that to be cynical, but let's be real. They're never going to top this because no one has ever done it before. Unlikely to do it again. So... It's just like, Matt, how do you not have this stuff locked in months ahead? Get in there with this like easy, smooth momentum, the culmination of months of work. And instead, it's like blood and guts tick, right? On to the next one. What we got next month? Okay, we've got the Wembley show. All good. And it's like, how is that the approach? That's baffling to me. I just I don't even understand how you get in that to that position. Um, and some of these segments, it's like a lot of these segments, frankly, and it's both some of its performance and other things are creatively where it's like, uh, where is the, the professional pride, you know, where is the actual passion for the work being produced? Sometimes it's behind the camera. There are guys being sent out there that frankly shouldn't even really be on television. They're wrestling for eight to 10 minutes, which is a real problem, especially on Saturday. Um, and that's not the performer's fault. That is what it is. And, you know, on Dynamite recently, there was a main event match with someone who shouldn't even, you know, it shouldn't even be on TV right now. So it's doing a, doing a disservice to even put on TV. But other things, it's like some of the top guys are so lackadaisical. And everyone, look, when you say that phrasing, the elite have been the target of a lot of that. And in some cases, rightly so. You know, that, that, that Kenny Angle on Wednesday needs to be better. That was poor. But Punk is just as guilty He's out there cutting promos on Hangman Page's action figures. This Joe thing needs some juice, brother. It needs some work. It's stumbling. They stopped and started. Remember this? They, they, they did the match and they went away from it for three weeks. Now they're back again. They still haven't done the face-to-face promo. They're probably going to do it next Saturday, which won't even air on, on our TV by then. And this week they did an angle, which I liked. I liked the angle. I was talking to someone earlier about this. I won't name them because God bless, but they were saying, you know, why was that it? Have Joe come out later and do something and shoot another angle and build on it and have it a thread through the show, locking on the Joe feud in a way they never really have because Punk is doing eight different things and it's just scatterbrain, you know? I still don't think they've done a truly good job of sitting down and telling the Samoa Joe CM Punk story and letting the people know why it means so much to someone like myself. I'm cool. I'm seeing the match. I can happily do that work for myself and just be like, this is why it's important. This is why it's significant. This web represents because it represents an awful lot. And it's a whole piece of the industry. Um, 
encapsulated on, you know, the biggest wrestling event ever. That's very, very special. That isn't present on the TV show. In the same way that what Jay White and, and Co are doing opposite Kenny and, and Co, that's a big deal. And there's a lot of history there. It's not on the television show. And that's inexcusable when they have five hours of television and some of the matches that go on for, I mean, again, look, this is not taking personal shots and it is what it is. They're, they're talented guys. That Bear Country, um, Iron Savages now, their, their trios match last night did not need to be 10 minutes long. And I'm not saying last night's show needed more video packages. What I'm saying is that's an example of this these, these shows being spaced out in a way that's just really not helping anyone. Brock Anderson's match, I think, last week was like eight minutes, you know, and it's like, I don't want us to go back to the Attitude Era and do four-minute TV every week, but, I mean, there's something to be said for on occasion doing it. Jesus wept. What are we going to do, rounds next, you know? It's, it's baffling to me. Um, I'm all over the place here because it's just like, I'm just, you know, I'm getting a shout. But, but that's the biggest thing I want to stress is I don't have a gripe with the card. The card is, the, is what it is, you know, because the show's going to be great anyway. We all fantasy book. I don't think the card's great. I think it's good, though. I think it'll be a tremendous show. Um, but with that being said, the card is an issue. It's the way we get to the damn card, you know? It's like so slapdash. The stadium stampede deal, and I get it. Eddie's been away. I understand. Do we even know why the best friends and the Lucha Bros are, like, now together? Or did they know that it, like, what was the deal with that? Like, is Eddie just, does he just declare that? And they were like, cool, yeah, that's fine. I thought the whole point was they showed me a recap that this is like a feud throughout, you know, AEW and Orange hates the death triangle, whatever, whatever the hell the history is, because Pac and Orange and it's like they're just now they're just together in this in this 12 man match. And I get it. You want to get the best friends on the damn show. I completely understand it. Um I would want to get them on there too. They deserve that. I'm not so I've, you know, you guys know me. I've never been someone who begrudges putting me on the big show, but there is, a, there is places for people, you know, I don't know if John Moxley needs to be in a 12 man match at Wembley stadium. I just, I just don't think that makes sense. I, I, I you know, I'm sure it will be fun, but is that the best way to maximize this roster? That's always the question we come back to. It's not that the shows suck though. I would argue a couple of them this week did generally they don't. It's a question of, is this the best way to maximize a special roster, especially when on the other side of the fence, WWE is not scoring own goals every week anymore. They're just, you know, like that's the other thing too. It's, it's one thing when they're running it into their own net and fucking falling over every week, but they're not doing that. Whether you like WWE or you don't like WWE, they have a much more steady product. I don't think it's electric by any means, but they're, they're pleasing their audience and producing pretty consistent TV. Um, and by contrast, it, it means you need to step up, not get messier and more incoherent. Um, last night, I, I just, I mean, clearly this is where I kind of went over the edge with this deal. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be uh, you know, winding down here, folks. So I apologize for the, for the kind of, you know, the, the, <laughs> the heated open to a solo stream. Like last night's show, I'm, I'm watching this show and I'm just like, is this the best a promotion of AEW's caliber can do? Really? Is this the best they can do? Was it offensively bad? No. Was it fun to watch? Not really. No. 
And there are things that I liked on it, and I'll get to some of those later. And I want to talk about Christian and Darby. And I'll talk about a few things that I, I like in professional wrestling. It's not all bad. I, I don't want to be that hyperbolic about it. But you have to be really deep in to watch last night's show front to back and not at any point have your interest wane. And I, and I think they're capable of better than that. It would be a much easier pill to swallow if you could just say, that's Punk's playground. That's what he wanted to do. At least Wednesday's rolling. I'm sorry, folks. I don't think Wednesday's rolling. I think Wednesday's a mess on most occasions. Has good stuff, has bad stuff, but it isn't very seldom does it feel like it's rolling the way that it was rolling two years ago. Um, whatever it may have been. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I I thought it was a real issue last night. And it was it very much for me was the culmination of just such a lackadaisical and lackluster build to what is such a special show. And I know the show's gonna be great. I can't stress that enough. But it's like, man. This is supposed to be a two, you know, there's two parts to this equation. It's great to let, it's great to get in the ring and let the best wrestlers on earth do their thing and, and thrill the people and send them home happy. That's great. But is there's more to it than that. And at some point it's, you got to level up and this really should have been their chance to level up. And I think they've completely missed that. And I think that's a real shame. And I don't say that to kind of dance on, you know, imaginary graves or be silly about it. I just think it's a real shame that a promotion that with this talent and with the potential that they have shown previously and still their ability to produce quality at, at the highest level when it comes down to the shut the bell ringing. I just think their current output is just not good enough. I, and, and, and frankly, I had friends there last night and I actually was watching the show thinking this is bordering on like actually disrespectful to the people that paid money to go to the show. I really thought that last night. And I very seldom would say about an AEW show. Now, when you buy a TV ticket, you ticket for TV, you know, you're, you're, you know, rolling dice. You could get top guys. You could get a mix. You could get some squash matches. That's life. That's TV. No one was complaining about it to me. I was feeling it for them. Just in the sense that like, man, these things ain't cheap. You know, if you put your money down for an AEW collision, and this is, this is quite the show you're getting here. I mean, that was like, some sort of promotional war between Ring of Honor and Collision plus a Christian Cage match, which fucking rule. We'll get to it, but I don't know, folks. You tell me what you think. I'm about done. I got that off my chest. I'm glad to have. I'm, I don't very seldom do I do a rant, quote unquote, uh, and get, you know, fired up about these things because ultimately ain't worth it. And I, I, you know, it is what it is. But man, sincerely, I'm just like, you're bad in this. I, I've seen it. You know, I'm going to Wembley. After that, I'm going to get on a plane to Chicago and go to, to All Out. And I can't wait to see the Grinners and meet up with Matt and Bob and Alex and so on and so forth. Um, thrilled. Can't wait. We're going to have a great time. But as a wrestling fan, which I still am at heart, I, I'm watching this promotion spin its wheels and trend in a direction that's really concerning to me. And, and, the, and the, when I, you know, the blame... People give me shit about not singling out individuals and stuff to blame. It's because I don't work there. So I only can judge what I see on the damn TV show. You know, I don't know who's doing what and what, you know, we hear what we hear. But all I'm saying is I watch the show and I, I think they need to be better across the board. The only show that's actually delivering on its expectations and exceeding them on occasion is Rampage. And if that's where we're at, that's not good enough. So that's about it for me um, in terms of the rant. I'll be staying <laughs> to be clear. I'm not, I'm not leaving on that note. Uh, I'm going to scroll up here and catch up on some chat. Tell me what you guys think. Um, 
Am I way off? I'm interested in talking it through. I, I don't have any intention of being like, you know, kind of closing the door on it or whatever. I, I just, I'm genuinely interested where everyone stands. You know, the late night grim was very AEW centric to begin. We got rolling when it was like red hot in the summer of 2021. That was a special time. We should have, we should have stopped and appreciated it more as it was happening, but it increasingly feels like that wasn't a preview of what was to come and instead kind of like a, a flash of what, what could have been in a lot of ways, which is, a very cynical and sad conclusion, but it's kind of what I feel at this point. That sucks. Nonetheless, let's see what the uh, let's let's see what the um, the the chat is saying here. I'm gonna try and just start some stuff, and then I'll I'll circle back. And if I miss your question, then please do feel free to uh, feel free to comment it again because that that's more on me. Um, okay. It's not really a good way of me catching up here. Okay, I'm going to go right through some old ones that I did catch, and then please comment them again, and I'll, I'll circle back, okay? All right, here we go. Afternoon, Joe. This is from Willie. He says, I know it's been a bit of a meme in the past, but do you think Tony's stretching himself too thin is really showing up in the on-air AEW product? Beyond some, some of the questionable creative, the increase in repeated angles on the same show is way more noticeable than maybe even 12 months ago. <clears throat> well, it's hard to say because there's a lot of debate about what that process is now it's debated frequently and you know who really is booking and what is tony's part in it now is it overseeing or is it still steering the ship at the wheel um i don't know the answer to that what i would say is to your point the repeated angles the tropes they have become reliant on would suggest that a fresh set of eyes would help all involved um the issue with that is we know those high those eyes have been hired so it makes you question, is it, it feels to me more like a case of Tony, you know, letting other people steer that ship for a moment. Potentially. I don't know. I don't know the process, but you know, it, it definitely is a case of a booker's playbook getting thinner and being, you know, being run through a much more rapid rate than, than you would expect because of how much TV he has to produce. So there you go. Uh, after you get done with your rant, done. What would you open all in with? The Kenny six-man tag question. Um, Kenny six-man tag. Hmm. Let me have a look at the card again here. That's tough because that's a great opener, but equally feels like it would be a fitting kind of... That's a tremendous match to put in between big matches because they're all so over, they wouldn't even need to worry about the crowd being, you know, at the height. That match is going to get over anyway. Uh, let me have a look at the card. My apologies, folks. I'm bad at remembering these things. Okay. I could see Jericho and Osprey. Judas being the first song on the main card is um you know that's that does make sense to me. I could see Punk and Joe wouldn't shock me to be honest, because they need the crowd, you know, they need the people with them. So I'd say one of those two singles would be my choice. The issue with that is though you've got three singles matches. Do you really want to burn through those? You know, like you probably want to play space out a bit more. So I don't know. Uh, I saw this. The probe watch. I'm into the idea. It's just, it's honestly a case of schedule and stuff, but Hooper and I would love to do it. So maybe at some point, any chance the reason we got two bullet club matches because FTR uh, promo was, was pulled. We never did really hear from them outside of that short video. Yeah. I have no idea. And they, and the thing that was weird about that was it wasn't a case of uh it wasn't a case of like they advertised it previously and then things changed and they took the graphic down. They continue to advertise 
we hear from FTR, but they just meant it as the pre-tape in the end. Um, I definitely think there's a chance, Dave, that things changed and that freed up time. And by freed up, I mean kind of opened a hole in the show. Um, but, it, you know, it's hard to say because unfortunately they have done that previously. Right? I mean, I remember when we used to do the grin after Rampage, they would, uh, you know, they would they'd advertise, we hear from CM Punk on Rampage, and it'd be like a 15-second pre-tape doing talking about whatever the hell. So it's hard to say, but I'd imagine it affected the show in some form or fashion. Okay. Is the current state of collision a creative blunder or is Punk officially pissed off too many people and most wrestlers just don't want to wear the show now? Um, it's a case of, you know, the eye, taking the eye off the ball, basically. Uh, there's still many guys who don't even have a relationship with Punk who would love to be on TV, who could work Saturdays. It's just a matter of getting those people to the building and actually having the effort creatively to like let's do something that may be good um the last two weeks while i don't think either show has been offensively bad in terms of quality i do think in terms of content it's been criminally low unbelievably low um everything has to be stretched to its limits to even fill up the runtime which i just think is insane i don't even know that works now obviously there's a lot of stuff that comes with punk and there's a lot of stories about you know how selective he is which i'm sure doesn't help i can only imagine um but there are still an awful lot of guys that are just kind of sitting around. So, yeah, I, I think it's a case of kind of creative, just dizziness and fatigue and interest and focus being everywhere but on what matters, which is let's get these shows where they need to be before the bell rings and then let the best wrestlers in the world do the dance and take care of the rest. Too one-sided right now. Way too one-sided. And also, by the way, the best wrestlers in the world need to care a little bit more about what they do before the match too. MJF is the only wrestler on their TV, on the only one who has actually captured the importance of what's happening next week on the television show. Cole gets credit accompanying him, and that wasn't his part of the segment, so I'm not knocking him. But, my God, when you get that time, go for it. Credit to Tony Storm recently, who I've, I've you know previously kind of critiqued as a promo and personality, but has actually done a fabulous job taking a minute of TV time each week and making it stick. It's possible. You know, you have to really put thought into what you're doing in that regard. It isn't just a case of let me get through this to get to my match, which is what it feels like too often in AEW. So um, that's a shame. Who's one guy or girl that you think needs to be make the switch from Dynamite to, to Collision, in your opinion? They need some additional faces in the undercard. <clears throat> I'll, have, I'll put up the roster because it's a good question. And it's saying that's like, you know, actually useful and could be constructive in some way. Um, let me just pull up the roster, folks. I'm going to get back to the live chat in a minute. As I said, if I missed your old chat, put it again, I, I miss it. it was, the chat went a lot quicker than I expected. Um, okay, so I, well, the first thing I would say is I think Garcia getting a fresh start on Saturday would make a lot of sense, and he would immediately be kind of the premium work rate guy because Buddy is a House of Black member, which kind of ties him up elsewhere. Um, and Andrade is, I don't know what the deal is with Andrade. Um, he's like start, stop again. So Garcia is the premium work rate guy. I think he'd be good. I think Lee Moriarty is an obvious one that we all expected to feature on Collision. We've yet to see him. I don't know why that is. Um, different different answer here to a different question, or an answer to a different question here, but crazy to me, Zack Sabre Jr. was in the house last night and he wasn't wrestling on television, but I don't know. Um 
I'm looking here at the card, uh, the roster, sorry. It's difficult because the way that Dynamite does their rotation thing, it's hard to point, you know, kind of point at someone and say. I will say it's not a long-term solution by any means, but I am surprised they haven't brought back uh, they haven't brought back Dustin after the Hobbs match. I am slightly surprised by that because I think he can give you some TV. Like, you know, him wrestling one of your pushed heels, I think is kind of compelling for the next couple of months. I know he's winding down here shortly. Uh, the Keith Lee thing just doesn't seem like it's going to be fixed, unfortunately. He could have been a help. Seidel is one I think would be useful. Um, his team with Daniels is clearly not going to come over, but Seidel I think is a terrific babyface in the mid-card that I think would be useful at Collision. Um, I'm surprised we haven't got any Orange Cassidy, who was front and centre on the post that was definitely supposed to include CM Punk. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think that's a handful of guys that I would circle that I'm, you know, not aware of having any issue of not being able to be on the show. So there's a few. Uh, bad booking habits culminating at an event of this importance is a shame, to be honest. It's, it's annoying because I can't understand why it's this way when this should be a complete celebration. It should be, man. It should be. And it will be, right? That's, and that's the thing. It's like it will be once we get there because the people will be so hot and it will be electric in the building. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just not, they're not doing themselves any, they're doing themselves a disservice. They should be victory lapping now. I mean, they say the tagline a lot, but it should be, I don't know, it should feel like such a, yeah, I don't know. All right. Let me scroll up here. All right. What we got here? Um, Stars need to be the focal point of the shows more, in my opinion, too often than not appearing in the arena. I agree. And Collision at its best has done that, right? I think Dynamite's always struggled to do that, uh, frankly. But I agree with that. Um, I contend that had Swerve beat Orange Cassidy, our timeline would have been better. I do think they should have done the title change there. That's like a smaller issue within this whole thing. And it would have changed Swerve's destination. So not hugely bothered about it, but... I do think Orange's reign has probably passed its natural peak, which isn't an insult. I mean, he's had the belt for 10 months, I think. So, you know, that just kind of happens. Um, they need some top one-on-one -on -one single feuds. Yes, and I love the multi-man tag. I love the all-star tag. I'm for it. You guys know how much I love it. But the biggest business is still done in this arena, one-on-one, -on -one, you know? And when you got that much, you know, perceived star power, you're only diluting the star power by having them not in those scenarios. And I think you see that with a guy like Moxley. I really do. I think it's noticeable. Um, guys constantly being lumped together only dilutes them as stars and as a present, as a presence. So they need to fix that. Absolutely. And I get it for Wembley. You want to have the, the big tags because you want to get everyone on. I get it to an extent. I still think you could do a better job balancing that, but I do get it. Um, but yeah. Before I move on here, Jason resubscribed with Prime with us for 14 months. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. And Gurney Mac did the same with us for seven months. Appreciate both of you. Uh, I apologize for the tone of this particular show. But as you both know, you've been moving long enough. This is not the usual, you know, kind of late night grin approach. So we're getting it off our chest tonight. Um, okay. On a brighter note, when, uh, sorry, Face Champ MJF has a lot of potential pay-per-view opponents. Takeshita Punk, Starks, Jay, Hill Moxley, Hill Brian, Swerve Roosh. That's a, I mean, I love that. Yeah, that's a tremendously exciting kind of possibility, you know, and I really, really hope that we uh, we see some of those matches. I mean, MJF should clearly be the top guy in the company as a babyface, right? I mean, I, I have to admit, I, uh, 
I, I think if Max goes heel here, I think he'll be like insane. And again, it's not a case where I'm going to hop back on here and be like, this fucking, I'm going to, you know, get mad about it. But like, Jesus wept. I mean, he, he's so obvious. He's the top baby face. The people want him to be the top baby face. He can, can perform as the top baby face. His act is clearly not hurt by being a top baby face. Throwing that away to keep Adam Cole baby baby, baby face is fucking insane. Preposterous. Um, okay. Where the fuck is Hangman singles matches? It's been like half a year. No idea. The the Hangman thing is baffling. Completely start stop. Um, just reeks of a wrestler who the promotion or the booker, I should say, while he likes him and understands his quality, does not fully see him the way that a lot of the audience sees. And that's the only thing I can, can conclude. He won the belt at the culmination of this great story where clearly the elite, that was their story, and uh, and, and they nailed it. It was great. It's the best thing in promotions done. Brilliant. As soon as he got the belt, it felt like he was playing second fiddle to the, the top guy that, that, that you know Tony was more interested in. And then... After all that came of the of the uh, uh, of the of the of the punk deal, Moxley clearly made a point of I'm going to bring Hangman Page back up to the dance. Did so they had this great match at Revolution. He hasn't wrestled a singles match on TV since, and I think it's it's insane, um, absolutely insane. I texted my brother last night and said, I think we should cancel our Chicago hotel. Uh, I can't think of anything they can do in the next couple of weeks that could excite me. It's frustrating and disappointing because we know how great it can be at times. TK has to understand how fans feel at some point. Yeah, I agree. And it's like one of those deals where it's like, look, it's just wrestling and we all concede that. But I did feel the need to do this because of, you know, I, we talked about this earlier on Discord. We, we discussed, I'm pretty sure it was Discord, maybe in my circle. Regardless, you know, I saw you mentioned about not going to Chicago and it's like, you know, I do think it's important that like, it's not totally ignored and swept on the rug that some fans are frustrated because some fans are just frustrated. It doesn't mean they're like, you know, fucking working angles or grifting. That's, that's, that stuff's so lame. Like some of us just frustrated, man. We want the show to be better. Um, and it's not, which is a shame. TK likes to add more matches. as We get close to the shows. Any guess on what could be added? Um, I assume there's a chance they do something with Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. That is, same goes for the Hardys. It could be the same thing for that matter. They're going to add the House of Black acclaimed deal, I would assume. It's acclaimed and Billy. They're going to win the belts, I would guess. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know about beyond that. I assume there'll be some, some battle royals. I assume, but I could be wrong. Hi, Joey Bing Bong. Hello. Speaking of problems with focus builds on TV, what do you reckon is going to be on the all-out card? Uh, it seems like it's going to be a strap match between Ricky Starks and CM Punk. I have concluded this not due to any inside information, but instead due to the fact that last night Ricky's suspension was actively changed so that he could make the uh, the all-out pay-per-view. So I assume he's going to wrestle Ricky in a strap match, which I'm actually very happy to be in the building for. I haven't liked or loved. I, I like their second match. I haven't loved either of their matches, but strap match... I think I, I can talk myself into that. And I think Ricky's been great as a personality. Oh, quickly. Let's just do this for a second. I'm going to go back to the rent. Ricky Starks is awesome. I loved his promo. I loved his video package that he produced himself. Big thumbs up to Ricky as a performer. Creatively, why was his war on AEW simply recruiting Big Bill to do a squash match? 
was that what they had up their sleeve? I mean, good Lord. They must have had something better in mind than that. He promised war. He was coming for the promotion. I saw it. I watched it with my eyes. But nonetheless, I think that's going to be on there. I have no idea what comes with the world title. That's genuinely interesting. Um, it feels like Cole might leave Wembley with a belt, but then what the hell does he do the next week? That's all I've got right now, man. I don't know. I apologize. I wish I had a better answer. <clears throat> okay. We need more one-on-one feuds and less fear in beating people. The obsession with protecting so many people has just locked all stuff outside of belts in multi-man hell. Yeah, I agree. And which is a shame because the AEW audience probably cares less about that stuff than any national audience ever. <laughs> the results, I mean. So, yeah, I don't know. I do, yeah, I don't know where Wardlow is to this question. I'm not sure. The fact that Ethan Page just went back to the Hardyverse after that segment with MJF on Collision is staggering. He'd be a good mid-card hand on Saturdays for sure. Great call. I agree. I wish I'd have brought him up. I thought we did a good job with that. Ethan is not the most, um, you know, he's not the most dynamic talent, and he is divisive. I get it. But Ethan is solid, and he can talk. And I, I think he absolutely can play that role. I think he proved he can. Um not following up in any way, shape, or form is going to only hinder his chances of doing so. You know, at some point you have to assist your talent on those things, but whatever. Um, Roosh will be a huge help, absolutely. What happened to Scorpio? He got hurt, I think. Saying happened with Scorpio, I don't know. There's been a lot of, like, rumors and shit, but the the kind of facing story is he got hurt. So if so, good luck to him and God bless, because the, the word was it was like a freak thing. So I hope he's well. Um yeah, there's always rumors of shit, but he's apparently injured. So, you know, hopefully he's okay. Yes, uh, Darby Allen is superb. And I want to stop this here and just put over the match with Christian Cage last night. <clears throat> Darby Allen, as I've said before, is the best TV wrestler in AEW history. Unbelievably reliable. Um, incredibly consistent. His highest highs are not the, the best, you know, the absolute peak of the promotion. But he's always good. Every single time he's good. You guys know what I think of Christian Cage. Dude, his fourth match of 2023, the other two singles matches, one was the Buried Alive thing, the other was a ladder match with Wardlow. This was his first straight-up one-on-one singles match without any bells and whistles. He goes out there and does the dance for 20 minutes, works this beautiful heat segment, targets the arm, has some great cut-offs, feeds the big comeback, just busted his ass last night, man. What an incredible performance. Darby Allen, you know, it goes without saying, he's, he's immense, but I love the match, not because it's a match of the year candidate, because it's just great TV pro wrestling. Um, really hope we get more Christian matches on Collision because I had missed them. I I kind of wondered if he wasn't healthy enough to work at that rate, but every time he wrestles, it's such a you know quality effort. So hopefully we uh, hopefully we get more Christian matches. I loved the match last night; it was tremendous. <clears throat> um, in terms of build, the coffee match is a strong number two for me behind MJF and Cole. I agree. I mean, I've done a good job with that. However, that being said, I do think just a little patience and a little attention to detail would have helped them with the Nick Wayne thing. I don't love the way Nick Wayne has just gone straight back into competition because the heart of the Sting feud is Nick Wayne got attacked and that they need to get revenge for Nick Wayne. And when you have Nick Wayne just back out there taking flatbacks, it it undercuts that. I mean, on Wednesday they're doing the uh, they're doing the tag match that's like the crux of the issue, you know? I don't hate it, to be clear. They've, you know, last week's match was good, and I'm sure this week's match will be. But I do think that uh, 
they could have done a better job of really focusing on Nick Wayne. And honestly, I'd have had him be the finisher of that match. Nick Wayne making a big run in when it's presumed that he's, you know, still healing or whatever the fuck would have been pretty cool. I mean, he, he was busted open, man. That was a hell of an angle. So, yeah. All right. Now, of all the guys in New Japan currently, who are you most confident in succeeding if they jump to AEW? Um, I don't think Osprey will jump. He obviously has the highest ceiling in the promotion because they clearly love him, and he's obviously an immense wrestler. So I'll put him aside because I think he's going to sign a dual contract. I think you've got to look at Zack Sabre Jr., uh, there's a lot of buzz that he's kind of ready to to do something else and, you know, not do tours of Japan all the time. I think he's moved stateside, like, permanently now. So I'd say Zach, I think he's obviously going to be a huge help TV. He can talk now, um, you know, so when I say now, I mean for the last, like, three years or whatever it's been. So he'll be good on TV. Um, we shall see. Yes, I'm upset if I don't see Christian Eber these shows. All in all, all that, that would be kind of a good rib. I respect it. Um, <clears throat> I get this completely, to be clear, about uh, face MJF. You know, it's definitely not my uh, personal favorite. Max's content's never going to be really my thing. I'm just trying to be kind of, trying to be objective about it and seeing what it is. You know, it's the same with a cold deal. Like, look, MJF and Cole has been really well done. It's not really my thing. I can see, I appreciate parts of it. The skits I don't really like at all. Um, but I can appreciate what it's achieved, you know, which is kind of like one of those deals where it's like, I, you know, it is what it is. I get it. So I understand completely. Do you know where Keith Lee is? No, I do not. It's very, very strange. Uh, okay. I definitely agree with this. Jason made the point here about kind of the, the uncertainty as to the elite's future. Um, <clears throat> I definitely think that played into things, but you know, the reason there's that uncertainty obviously goes into the other issues of how everything's been handled. So that's a whole mess in itself. I don't even know how to untangle that at this point. Uh, Kirby resubscribed was for eight months, says, when are we getting the Holbert's cinephile spotlight show? Watch out, the contrarians. Uh, absolutely never, because if I have to talk about films as well as talk about wrestling, I'll end up doing this, which is no fun. <laughs> but I appreciate the fault very much. Okay. Can Leatherface get into the UK? Are there legal issues there? Hard to say. Hard to say. Do you think that Tony's obsession with yearly traditions is damaging the to the flow of the product? I love war games as much as the next guy, but boy, did blood and guts just fill in the way this year, and the insanity of All Out still being on the calendar is self-explanatory. This is really tough, because the answer is yes, but history has shown us that traditions are a huge way to pencil yourself in a consistent draw. It doesn't work every time, and if you fuck stuff up, you're going to damage it. But if you can kind of lock your calendar in a way that allows the audience to train themselves, this is how they do things, you generally should give yourself a floor on those premium events, basically. That's the fault process, and it is a good fault process. Um, it's more a case of doing blood and guts in a fashion where it feels more epic. I thought this year they'd okay with that, uh, but I get the point. The all-out, all-in thing is one of those deals, right? I assume it was just a circumstantial. That was the only date for Wembley, and he wanted to keep that tradition. In this case, it got in the way. I do understand sacrificing it in the, for the name of keeping that, that tradition moving because it is an important thing as a wrestling promotion. So that's one of those deals where I get the balancing act. Um, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> some excitement about Ricky Punk free, I see. <clears throat> what else we got here? Um, good evening, JJH. That's me. Hope you are keeping grand. Well, depends who you ask, really. Uh, <laughs> Christian Cage turns 50 soon. Provided he works for another couple of years. Feels like he's going to be in the best, one of the best 50 plus rest. Uh, yeah, best ever. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Bockwinkle to him, huh? He's not as map based, but how psychologically sound he is, how well thought out his matches are, the way that he delivers his promos, a lot of Bockwinkle. And obviously he aged very gracefully. So Christian Cage, I think, is going to be golden for as long as he wants to be. So I hope we get some more for sure. Uh, you were talking about Christian's transitions being so smooth during the SummerSlam grin along, and there are multiple sequences last night that were beautiful. The, my favorite one, because it was a perfect example of, you know, when you match two great wrestlers like that, the cutoff, he fed a big comeback. Right, let me get into this match a little bit, because I've ranted enough about shit I don't like, so let's, do, let's be positive for a second here. Um, so they wrestle early, right? And they establish early, Darby can out-wrestle Christian. The announcers didn't put it over well enough. He was out wrestling him. Hold for hold. Christian took him in that arena and struggled to, to take control of the thing. Christian has this cutoff, and it isn't the actual cutoff. It's where they teased it. He throws these, like, four punches to the ribs. Boom, boom, boom. And you see, like, Darby did this cell where it wasn't he just took a bump. He, like, wilted on them and turned his body as he threw the punches, you know? He walked away, created distance. They carried on with the shine. Kept moving, kept moving, kept moving. Then, eventually, the way he cuts him off is he outmuscles Darby because Christian realizes in this matchup, he's the horse. He's the powerhouse in this matchup. Right? So he throws him across the air and Darby takes the big Darby bump. Boom. And then his heat is like power move Christian almost. you know, And he starts tying the, the arm behind the, behind the back and, and, and doing that deal. And he targets the arm. To this, you know, to this comment here, then the response to that is, Darby starts increasing the speed because if Christian has the size and strength advantage, Darby has the speed advantage, right? So they go into this sequence where he's like look at locking up all these pins and he has like a roll up here, roll up there, and Christian's getting overwhelmed by the pace. And they follow that with this cutoff to the, to the point about transitions where he snatches Darby's neck on the top rope, like guillotines on it almost. And Darby takes this fucking snap bump, like boom, boom, face first on the canvas. And you could see if you watch Christian's reaction to it, it's almost like he's like, it's almost like, fuck, this dude really is good. You know, like he takes this incredible bump for the cutoff. Man, that match was beautiful. Again, not like a classic or anything. Just I love matches that have an actual substance like that and have a richness to kind of the ideas within a TV match. It's not about trying to have a classic every time. It's just about like, give me stuff to sink my teeth into. Have ideas. Think about what you're doing in there. It's why Christian's so great at TV matches. And let's be real, Darby is quickly establishing himself as this generation's, you know, kind of premier TV wrestler. I mean, that's what he is. He's he's a mentor, though. So clearly I like the match. Um, <clears throat> random speculative question. How would you ideally bring Adam Edge Copen in? Christian pairing, Don Carlis family, and what is his first match? The biggest issue with, with uh, Edge is he has to be a babyface because whether he wants to work here or not, whether they want to be heels or not, the people love Edge. He has to be a babyface. So that's difficult. Oh. 
you kind of have to sacrifice Christian if you want to do the baby face. Uh, you want to do a tag run because they have to be baby faces. It just is what he is. I would probably bring him in as a singles and have him do some of his dream match stuff he wants to do on on, uh, on Wednesday with Kenny, I would assume. Which I actually think would be really good. I mean, we'll have our fun with Edge, but he ain't going to have a bad match with Kenny Omega. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I think, I think I'd bring him in as a, a singles legend. Then I would check the temperature on maybe turning him and putting him back with Christian. I would build to the Christian thing, though, is my is my point. Um, explore some big-time singles matches to begin with. But, yeah, could be good. Edge and Christian versus the Young Bucks is a future pay-per-view match. Maybe so. I mean, I will say this. Anyone didn't see it, it's a sincere recommendation. I thought Edge and Sheamus was just tremendous. It actually blew me away how good it was. I thought it was going to be a nice, tidy match for the house, steady, play some hits, have some fun, babyface match. And very quickly, my expectations were were destroyed when uh, Edge hit a powerbomb to the floor. And poor Edge was working at a rate that his body was not comfortable with, but he toughed down, he got through it, and they had a hell of a match, man. Credit to him. I, I thought it was really, really good. Honestly, I was an oracle about it. I honestly think it may be the best TV match they've done all year in WWE. I really thought that. I thought it was tremendous. Because Edge is, the best version of Edge at this point in his career is the guy who focuses on, I know it's been branded and it's boring, but that kind of gritty throwback style, which is what he's actually capable of as an older guy selling and making things count. The only issue with it is his offense doesn't have the, the uh, you know, the thud, the power to make that really work sometimes. He doesn't have the physicality to work a gritty kind of heavyweight title match. His stuff doesn't look that good anymore. Honestly, it's never looked, you know, electric or particularly <laughs> packed with, uh, with, with physicality, but he's a very smart wrestler. This matchup was great because Sheamus provided that physicality and they clubbed each other Sheamus was bringing it man he's tremendous he's another guy on that list of great tv workers good lord brings it every time i love to watch him okay i'm, I'm trying to catch up here srs said tony went to amarillo a few weeks ago and he was wildly speculating that chainsaw charlie was meant to be dying my match god bless um he basically said i know nothing but what's an amarillo apart from true funk well fair um I would have assumed that <laughs> it doesn't bless Terry. It doesn't seem like that. You know, he's in the, he's in the place to be to be doing that. But I understand Sean was just speculating. So interesting. It's amazing that it happened. But any any read on how the FAW promotion with no visible presence on history in England has managed to pull this off, uh, or history in England, sorry, has managed to pull this off? I can't fathom. I know it's on free TV in the UK, but it's the graveyard slot. Um, well, I think it's a lot of, you know, kind of different factors, right? Like, before I go any further, credit to them on gambling because they could have easily booked the arena and had a great show and it would have been fine. They gambled. I think it's clear that the UK has been criminally underserved in terms of big events for years. And, in more, you know, moreover, I think if you go back even 30 years to WCW's success here, pre-Hogan, uh, and uh, honestly beyond Hogan, but, you know, Hogan's... That whole Khamenei tour bombed, but if you go back to like 93 when Sting and Vader were on top, they were doing good houses, you know, and, and not anything like this, but they were selling out their arenas or coming close to it. Then if you look at TNA success, I do think it's pretty clear that like, 
you know, the, the UK is very open to the alternative promotion. And there's also a perception that the UK crowds are much more into the the meat and potatoes of the product, meaning that, you know, the bell to bell. I think that's saying that you know, if you listen to the wrestlers that generally get big reactions here, it does, you know, it is often those guys. I know Regal's talked about that, kind of like the uh, the European crowds and how they, they prefer different styles and such. And that was often cited as why Brett was so over. Um, so I saw this to say I could see why the AEW product would, would like bode well in that regard. They, it's an audience that seems to be, you know, open to alternative promotions. And in addition, they've never been here, right? And and there's there's a novelty to that. Speaking of novelty, there's a novelty to running Wembley Stadium. And there are going to be some people there, not many, but there will be some people there that are just there because there's a wrestling show at Wembley Stadium. Let me be there. So many factors that deserve a lot of credit for that. And I do, I do not want to lose, uh, I don't want to lose track of that because it is very impressive, very very impressive. Um, okay. Yeah, there's not really a difference with the, the gimmick pay-per-views and blood and guts. That's just kind of... I mean, if I'm being completely honest, like, personally, I'm kind of good on, like, the modern... You know, the way we do war games now, I'm cool if I, I never saw one again, but I don't rate well, so I get it. I completely understand it. Um, yes, Ian Riccoboni was very missed last night. Very, very missed last night. Um, Kevin Kelly, man. I, look, I've... I've liked Kevin Kelly's work previously. I don't think he's a terrible announcer or anything like that, but he's got to get himself into gear with this collision deal, man. He's he's just not up to it. I mean, I don't know what's I don't know what's happening. I don't know if he's just given up on like researching or, or caring, but last night, Nigel was doing like fucking play by play and colour, and Kevin would just like throw like a like just a fact in there a promotion and Nigel would keep rolling. And actually, it was noticeable in the main event. It felt like Jim felt, you know, was like by necessity just said, I'm going to just do a two man booth with Nigel. And Kevin was just sort of just chucking shit in there at times. It felt like Jim and Nigel were just doing their own thing. Um, I was baffled by his performance last night. I, I, I want him to, you know, go through the gears. I don't think he's a terrible announcer. I like some of his stuff on the first few episodes of Collision. But that was disappointing. I thought how kind of unprepared he seemed. But. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances. But I missed the Emrick Uh Indeed. I love that Christian Cage clip. That's not one of my favorite green clips ever. Um, <clears throat> someone else, what I'm drinking. I'm drinking fucking uh, apple and blackcurrant deal. I am not drinking um, Fetch's blood orange cider to answer the, <laughs> to respond to the chat's allegations. Um, Christian can be a great reluctant babyface for a bit with Edge. That's a, I love that, yeah. Absolutely. Ian C fight Adam Cole and MJF. Both teams could be tweener, can tweener up and eventually be really nasty. Compelling for sure. I, I don't know if they're going to be, you know, if Edge is coming in, I don't know if they'll still be rolling in that way. But if they are, that's that's money for sure. Um, okay, what else have we got here? Edge coming back to save his old partner, Chris Jericho, from the Don Callis beatdown. I mean, maybe I would avoid the uh, the Jericho verse for Edge because <laughs> the the thing is with Chris, the Christian deal is very unique in that they both retired and they both you know came back. God for Edge, you know, nine years later, and for Christian, seven years later, and more importantly, they didn't do the reunion thing really. 
unless I'm, I'm sure they wrestled tag matches, but they didn't actually do like a run unless I'm mistaken. Obviously, the Hardys have reunited, you know, more times than I've fucking retired from wrestling media. I mean, it's outrageous. So that's why the Edge and Christian thing works. Beyond that, I would honestly do just only do fresh things of Edge um, because, you know, there is a lot of guys he's never even crossed paths with in AEW. Okay. This is good. Edge trying try to uh, get Christian to do the last run. Christian refuses, gets on board. They do a tag title match. And after they lose, Christian turns. I, I like that. Yeah, I think Christian and Edge would want to do a match together after they do the tag, you know, epics, so to speak. Um, the real challenge will be if TK can resist booking Edge and Christian versus the Hardys. He cannot resist doing that. He's booked the Hardys versus Aussie Open this week, which I think is fucking insane, but hopefully it goes well. How good could Edge versus Christian be in 2023? Or 2024. Can Christian accentuate Edge's remaining positives? Is he immune to Edge's negatives? Is it immune uh, to Edge's drama fetish? I there would be a lot of drama, certainly. Um I do have some concerns about the general oomph to the work. Uh that does concern me slightly, but they re- they are really smart wrestlers. Even if it's a match that's too theatrical for my for my you know kind of taste. I think it'll go over fine just because fucking, you know, it's like they're, they're just, they're not, they're too over and too smart, especially Edge is so over. Like there's Edge matches that I didn't enjoy all the people still love because they just fucking love that dude. I'm actually kind of amazed by how well, like his star power has aged for the live crowds. I know drawing power, he's not exactly Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but the people love Edge, man. It always amazes me. How long before the Fed run when to try and get the record back? I don't think it'll be long. I, I think SummerSlam at some point is a pretty good candidate, which is honestly, I mean, everyone's going to shit themselves about that, but honestly, that's real crap. So, I mean, that's the kind of bullshit that these promotional wars should produce, you know, just absolute fucking pissing contest between, <laughs> between these two corporations. Like, them being mad about that and wanting to one-up it is funny. I'm sorry. It's, it's just hilarious to me. And AEW, look, if they do it or they don't, AEW should take pride in the fact they made them run Wembley just, just for the sake of it. So uh, I, I, I dig that kind of shit. After that match, I don't know how many matches like that Edge has left. Could do maybe a Kenny singles and maybe two more, but that's about it. Edge was hurting now. And I do agree. His body was struggling to get through it, definitely. He's not nearly as um, smooth as, as Christian is, right? Christian's very graceful. You can Edge is a lot more mechanical now, the way he moves and goes through the gears, uh, which is understandable. How different would AEW product be if Heyman or Watts was booking? Um, if Watts was booking, he would legitimately have like four or five guys on the roster at this point because when he took over World Championship Wrestling, which was a hilarious um, ordeal, he famously reappraised everyone's contracts on how much they drew. And in that case, I don't know who he would have kept left around on AEW. So it'd be a very different roster. Um, it would be like... Some of what you get on collision, but without ring mats. If Heyman was booking it, he would get, I think, I think his play would be to get kind of, uh, you know, aggressively risque and quote unquote push the envelope because he would probably see that as their strength opposite WWE, who are public, I would be my guess. Um, he would tie up the roster also because AEW has 140 wrestlers, but. Heyman would probably get more guys over because he focuses on pushes. He just does it in a, you know, sort of demented, poorly fashion. That's the way he operates, right? 
I don't think we'll ever see kind of that possibility play out. So it's all guesswork. Okay. Yeah, I agree with this. I hope Jamie does show up and pop the crowd. Even if she just comes out and gets a you know a round of applause or whatever the fuck. Um yes, shame. Look, Kevin Patrick got I'm sure he's a lovely fella. He's he's quite bad. It's a real shame. Real shame. I feel like the bounce the bounce has gone from Kevin Kelly's bungee. <laughs> Sorry, that's an incredible visual. Over the past few years, even his New Japan commentary feels a touch listless, even when trying to put over the great matches. Yeah, I didn't watch enough of the G1 to notice it. And when I did watch some of the solo shows, I felt for him because that's that's a tough gig. Um, but I, I wouldn't disagree based on what I have heard. I would say that. Is LA Knight, yeah, the biggest baby face in wrestling right now. That's right, I didn't do the bit. Um, look, man, that, that shit's awesome. Seriously, good for him. Really cool. Like, watch SmackDown. I wish SmackDown was the best wrestling show I saw this week or last week now. And, uh, SmackDown was a good show, mostly because of the Edge stuff, but, like, LA Knight is fucking killing it, man. Good for him. Over huge. I think his work is actually, like, quite kind of underrated. Not because he's, you know, great, but people talk about him like he fucking sucks, and he's not He's not bad at all. Like, his shit looks pretty good. It's just he's not – he doesn't have any experience or, like, uh, you know, weaponry to have, like, an epic as of yet. Um, but he's I'm, – I'm kind of all in on the idea of going with him, as you guys have seen as of late. And I also think a lot of the boys should watch what he's doing and be like, hmm, maybe it's not that complicated. You've got to you've got to see yourself as a star before anyone in the, in the audience will, you know? It's like, uh, Ibu's used the phrase about LA Night before, like, fake it till you make it. And it's like, there's truth to that, man. He's always carried himself that way, even when his career had not panned out that way at all. And he can talk. So I'm sincerely really happy for him. As someone who's watched him for a long time, and I always thought he was a fun person. I remember we used to review when on the distraction days, I would review his stuff in NXT. And I, I liked his program with uh with um a Trevor Lee, whatever the fuck Trevor Lee's name is. I'm sorry, I'm bad at that shit. But their feud, I liked their feud a lot. The TV was really good, the matches, whatever, but the TV was really good. And I remember us talking about kind of his career and how it hasn't panned out. And like, good for him. I don't know if they're gonna capitalize. I have my doubts, but you can't take away what he's what he's made of this. Great to see, seriously. Um, okay. There's a small possibility they could have a longer tag run in AEW than they ever did in the Fed. Uh, not that I want it. I'm sick of the great Christian Cage carrying edges, boss. <laughs> yeah, because their run is like really short. It always pops me when people talk about it's like the greatest tag team ever. It's like, well, I mean, they were a team for a bit. I mean, they were a great team, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think people quite realize how little their tag run actually like lasted. It's very impactful, clearly. I credit to them, but yeah. With the edge talk, who has the best spear in the game? Goldberg. Goldberg's a shoot spear, man. There's a video. Stevie Richards has a YouTube channel. Um, shout out to Stevie Richards. I'm glad to see wrestlers doing their own YouTube. It's different. To, Maven's doing full YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. But he is doing it himself, and he's breaking down matches and stuff. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I saw the Goldberg video. And he broke down Bill's spear. And you guys, seriously, go out your way and watch this, because he freeze-frames the way Bill lands in the spear. And his head's like this. He's landing on his shoulder. He's at a fucking angle like this, going straight to the mat. I recommend it. It will pop you just to how little Bill cared for his own health. God bless. Um, okay. Talking hypotheticals is always tough, but I'm always wondering how different last year and a half or so could have been if Cody had stayed. Yes, it's transformative, right? In every which way. Because the Triple H regime 
is an important shift, but it has to be noted that WWE's business was an uptick, and a lot of that was Cody's being kind of the centerpiece of that WrestleMania weekend's kind of triumphant vibe. That was a big deal, you know, and I underestimated how big of a deal it was. I I underestimated Cody in general. Um, I was confident it would be a good move for him. I did not see him being so clearly the baby face of the promotion. So it's really interesting on both sides of the fence. Um, the AEW thing was in a really weird place. I don't know what would have... You know, I don't know how that could have been fixed, unfortunately. So interesting. I guess we'll never know. Um, okay. All right, I'm scrolling here, folks. Bear with me. I'm going to do like another five minutes or so. My voice is short because I've been ranting like a fucking idiot, but uh, bear with me. Okay, final five minutes or so, folks. If you got any questions? Uh, if I've missed yours, I apologize. Feel free to put it again. Now, what do we think MJF does it all out? Man, that's the million-dollar question. I, uh, I don't know if he wins it all in. That's the problem with predicting it, right? What do you guys think in the chat? Because I honestly haven't got a good answer for her, and I feel bad. It's a really good question. Not sure. Uh, thoughts on this multiverse card? I did not like it very much. The Julia thing being a four-way is just like, oh, eye-rolling. Um, Cody would cook on collision. Ironically, yes, he would. Both Triple H and TK have, problem at, have problems sorry, capitalizing on guys that get organically over real quickly. And that's a bit upsetting. Spontaneous decisions to give guys a rocket make weekly TV more fun. It does because it trains the audience that anything's possible if you get behind a guy, you know? Um, there's a real issue, I think, in wrestling right now. And it's like it's actually an overcorrection. A few years ago, even beyond, I'd say there was a long chunk of time, actually. A few years ago, it's very generous. There was a long chunk of time post-Russo, where every wrestling promotion on TV was like just all over the place. Like just they couldn't stick to a plan. They didn't have a plan. And hilariously, we've actually overcorrected in this decade now where Tony initially and now Triple H have like, they they lock stuff in and it's like it's, like, it's immovable. It's like, <laughs> they cannot be shifted. It's, it's quite the deal. So, yeah. Um, who do you think are the free men helping the Blackpool Combat Club and who would you actually like? I would like it to be Santana and Ortiz and Daniel Garcia. I think it'll be Daniel Garcia, Shout Rumino, and Nigel McGuinness. I would do something different with Nigel. I would probably have a heel do an open challenge. And it could be as simple as it being a QT Marshall that he just beats in a minute. I would just like him to get the reaction of his graphic popping on the screen and him coming out and doing the doing the walk. And, and getting that moment. I think that'd be really cool. Um, in some ways, Anarchy in the Arena is, or sorry, Stadium Stampede, is perfect for Nigel's return because you could hide him. In other ways, you know, a 12-man match where you're going to be walking broad, and I, I just don't know about all that. I think that's a, I mean, that'd be a weird way to bring him back. So. But if he comes back, I'll pop huge. I'll be really just delighted for the guy. MJF and Cole versus the Kingdom do the turn there. Maybe. Yeah, I was wondering that. It's just it's hard, isn't it? Because the kingdom is such a blessing. I love the team, but they're such a non-factor to most of the audience. John Moxley's going to be rest of the year again, isn't he? Who is your clubhouse top five according to the spreadsheet? Right. I would say Kento Miyahara. I would say... I'm tough for Moxley because Moxley's best. He's like, great. But I, I've been frustrated a little bit with just the way he's kind of operated as of late in, in the lesser stuff, you know? 
at Lucha Bros tag a couple weeks ago. I was kind of pulling my hair out. I haven't got much of it. Um, Omega's up there. Trying to think other candidates. MJF said a good year. I I don't know if he's had a rest of the year, you know, kind of candidacy year, but I'm strong at a couple of other names, so he may have. Trying to think. The immediate names can't mind. Oh, I do think Moxley's in the conversation. I think uh, I think Kenny's definitely in it, and I would say Kenzo Miyahara, who has had like five or six of my favorite matches of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Will you be doing Bob on the concrete in Chicago? Um, not intending to, no. But Alex might. JJ might. I don't know. MJF and Cole versus J and Juice. Assuming there's no turn will be cool, I guess. Doesn't feel big time for him, though. Yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty close. closer, though, I think. Much I love the kingdom. I don't know if you could pull it off. Um, I'd love Max and Roddy, but I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. What else we got here? Maybe MJF and Cole versus Aussie Open in a rematch. Can't imagine zero-hour match would be anything more than a house show match. Maybe they try to have a tag epic with Aussie Open. Maybe you need to have a creative finish at Wembley, though, to really make that, give that any juice. But I agree the match will be a complete house show match. They can't be taking big bumps in that match. It'd be insane. <clears throat> are, the, are Spurs better without Kane? No, but they are much better of a good football manager. Um, with Nigel, I would make his return as the Wembley segment announcing he's back and challenging Brian for Grand Slam. That could work, absolutely. It all depends on how much he's got, you know, how much he wants to wrestle or whatever, but I'm not against it. Claudio's up there for the rest of the year. Athena and Orange have underneath cases. Gunter. I need to sit down and relook at everyone's year. Um, doesn't feel like it's a, there's a locked-in winner by any means, though, so I get why Moxley's the favourite for some. Uh, do you think Derby could make Gunter drop the belt a week before he breaks the record? They've teased tension with Vinci and Kaiser. Getting distracted by Maxine both seem like possible finishes. I think it'd be a mistake, but anything's possible. I think you should let him break the record because he's almost certainly the greatest Intercontinental Champion ever at this point. He's been incredible, so I would, yeah. Okay. Now I think about does us here, folks. Um... I do get this regarding Gunter, and that is he. We do overestimate on the internet how over he is, most certainly. That Drew match was not nearly as over as either guy expected it to be, but they worked like a fucking feeling out process, like they would, like they had the people rocking. It was, it was strange, but that was a tough crowd. It seemed like so. It happens. Um, right, I'm gonna wind down here. Some plugs. If you have any last questions, feel free to fire them at me while I do these plugs. Uh, one second, folks. Bear with. Um, Okay. All right. Um, so, Tuesday, Grin Grappler, Mickey James. That'll be at 8 Eastern. This Tuesday, I'll have myself, Alex, Bob, and Oracle talking about Mickey James, our second uh, woman's wrestler in Grin Grappler history. The first was Asuka, who, of course, will appear on this very show. Uh, she's not going to appear as a guest, to be clear, but she'll be mentioned on the show as one of her matches pops up from TakeOver to Toronto, I believe. Um so Green Grappler, Mickey James, Thursday at nine Eastern, we will be uh, we'll be doing the grin. So that'll be the late night grin episode ninety one, I think, which will be you know the kind of all in preview. 
they'll be a lot more kind of loose and free flying because I don't want to get you know dwelling on the build by that point. It's Thursday before the big weekend, so we'll be a lot more optimistic. And I apologize if I've bummed anyone out tonight or brought anyone down. <clears throat> if you're excited and you're loving the show, God bless, man. Keep you know keep rocking. Like, don't let my distaste kind of ruin your excitement. I, I never want to do that, but. I do hope I spoke, you know, some of you kind of, you know, resonated with you, some of the things I said tonight. And more than anything, I just wanted to just fucking get off my chest. It was annoying me today. Very frustrated I was with the last couple of weeks. It really came to a head while I was watching the collision. So it happens. I am very seldom the guy in the space to get worked up and, and aggressive or emotional about these things. I don't even think I really was that deep in it tonight. But when you cover these things, you do... If you lose that passion, you're, you're, you're finished in this in this space. You know, you, you, it is important you kind of still care. Um, I'm trying my best in that regard. So there's that. I hope everyone enjoyed it uh, for what it was. I had fun. I thought we had, you know, at least we had some some good stuff afterwards after I kind of got through my <laughs> got through my uh, my monologue. All of this is a monologue, but you get what I mean. Um, yeah, and that's that. All right. So. Again, Tuesday, Green Grappler. Thursday, Late Night Green, episode 91. I hope to see you there. We've got Worldwide tomorrow on WrestlePurious. I'm sure I'm doing the Dynamite Review on Thursday also. So doubleheader on Thursday, most likely. But uh, tomorrow morning, or no, for you guys, for me tomorrow afternoon, for you guys, like kind of tomorrow morning, I guess, noon Eastern, the match guide will be out. Uh, so that's that's tomorrow. I've got some cool C-show reviews coming up on the WordPress too, so... Some written stuff coming up. Lots of podcasts, as always. I really hope everyone is... Uh, the first, the Wednesday show is, like, not... It's kind of in peril right now because um, it's basically... Monty didn't like the time slot because a lot of the content was immediately outdated. A lot of people don't watch it because they immediately just assume it's a preview of a show that's happened. Show ruled. I love doing it. It was, a, it, was, it was a great team, but we're kind of... I think Monty's playing around with ideas, so... It's it's in uh, in flux right now, but, but we'll see if we can kind of say no. I do think there's some new content on Mr. Pierce Week that I may be on, so stay tuned. There'll be there'll be new things coming. Um, all right, have a good night, everyone. Keep grinning. All how enjoy this outro. <laughs>